Good afternoon, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio, and today is a long-awaited episode of the Pedo Files. And uh, so, yeah, jump into the trenches with me, and let's sort out through this muck. Let's go. I'm ready. So, um, I need to start putting some trigger warnings on here, just because, you know... Um, it's about pedophilia, and I know that there are people out there that have experienced this or have been a victim of it, so if you do have, um, a certain problem with listening to stuff like this, please don't think that I'll be offended if you don't listen. I just want everyone to feel safe, I want my listeners to feel safe, but, um, I do this... Uh, segment because I care about your kids. I want people to be aware of people like this because if no one talks about it, it somehow becomes non-existent. And uh, I don't believe that ignorance should ever be, you know, a thing in in society. We should not be ignorant to this. But anyway, um, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please reach me on the links below. Thank you very much. So I was watching something the other day on Hulu and I started taking notes because um, it is something that I kind of want to touch upon at some point, like during the pedophiles episodes, because there's a lot of cults that actually promote pedophilia. And um, the show that I watched was called um, Cults and Strong Beliefs. And then um, there was also a documentary about him on YouTube, about this person on YouTube. So um, I did twice the notes. So if uh, some information overlaps, just understand that I've gotten two different documentaries. I got information from two different documentaries. So um, bear with me. But um, today we'll be talking about David Berg who was the founder of the Children of God, or what is now called the Family International. So, we are going to be talking about a lot of graphic stuff on here. Because, like I said, I don't like sugarcoating things, because people need to understand who this person was. And what was going on in his head. So, who is David Berg? Um, He called himself the love prophet and was the leader of the children of God. Um, He was born in 1919 and had preacher parents. He was was very young when uh, he was, like, spending a lot of time following his parents to crusades and sermons. His mother, Virginia, was the favorite in this... Uh, southern circuit so they would ride the circuit you know as evangelists and they would just preach and sing and stuff like that um the she preaches a sermon accounting her experience coming back from the dead and david believed his mom was a saint so he was very enthralled by his mother at a very young age um the church inspired many revelations through his years 
uh, which inspired him to be a, quote, prophet. And, um, yeah. I, I don't like it when people call themselves prophets because it's like, are you trying to, um, make yourself feel special or are you really called to be that? Because usually real prophets do not call themselves prophets. They're too humble for that. But anyway. Um, something very monumental happened in his life. I wouldn't say monumental in a positive way, of course not, because this is something that um, happened in his life that kind of made him snap. And as, you know, molestation goes and, and stuff like this, it does make children snap. And um, the reason why I want to talk about it is because pedophiles don't just appear. They don't just choose to be pedophiles. There's either a generational curse or they've been molested or raped or been a victim of pedophilia before. And I do believe that David Berg was a very evil man. But when there is something bad in deep inside someone, there must be a source. And this was his source, and this is a quote. This is an actual quote from the documentary. So he said, I will never forget that I was taught how to masturbate by an older boy who whispered it in my ear during one of my father's Sunday morning sermons. Okay. Um... I would have slapped that dude right across the face and be like, dude, why are you talking to me about that? That's kind of gross. No, that's not kind of gross. It's very gross. But um, his mom catches him doing the deed and forces him. And this is something traumatic, too. This is something that I would, I just don't believe should have ever happened. Um with him uh, being caught doing this, um, but his mother forced him to complete the act in front of his father. That is very disgusting, and I think the reason why they decided to do this, because back then things were totally different. Um, I'm sure it's, it's still wrong, but coming from a religious household, this is probably to teach them how to be ashamed of what they're doing. So I'm not justifying the uh, action that his mother took because that probably most likely traumatized him even more into his behavior that kind of grows a whole lot more like later on. Um, so that sparked Berg's love for sex and combat combating that sex is a sin within the church community. Berg built his own church but was kicked out for sexual impropriety which was never proven. David believed but uh, that a man could have more than one wife uh, probably because Jacob had many wives uh, in the Bible back in Canaan. Um, he just used scripture to justify his actions a lot. David believed that a man could have more than one wife, and of course the church went against his beliefs. He grew to hate the established church by the time he was 50 years old. Um, 
this is one thing that um, I've talked about, um, about church, like religious-wise. The established church is very hypocritical. They're, um, so I can understand the hatred, but the way he goes about remaking his own church is the most demonic thing that I've ever researched in my life, I feel like. Um, he heads to California and puts his kids uh, in a singing circuit, so he gets his kids out there on the beaches and uh, to evangelize and sing and all of that stuff. His mother dies, and David became much more radical with his nutty gospel. His daughter, Faith, evangelized to the hippies. It was a cheery and lovable atmosphere where they were high on each other's charisma, zeal, and adrenaline. That has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. But uh, 90 devoted disciples came with him. David's group uh, was run out of the area, and they all headed to another new location. When they landed, they called themselves the children of God, smearing the kids' faces with ashes and dressed in sackcloth, and they all shouted, warning uh, the coming of Jesus. So, they are all being indoctrinated to believe that the end times are very near, and that's what they firmly believe. 400 acres of badlands became their homes before the winter. Many of the kids came from troubled families. Many were addicted to drugs. The group used to call him Dad. They stocked up on food and waited for the rapture. But it never came, of course. David's teachings were more than enough to make up for the mistakes. Uh, his members believed that he was the David of his time, and the, and David accepts this revelation. So basically, he believes that he's King David now, because there was a David in the Bible, he's called David, something in his crazy brain decided to be like, oh, well, I'm King David now. Shut up. Shut up. Um, his members believe that, okay, uh, Here's another quote. Uh, I was lying between two naked women in the, our camper and I first received uh, the gift of tongues. The one I was making love to would suddenly turn, to, turn into one of these beautiful goddesses and I would immediately exp <laughs> Oh my god. I never realized how hard this was going to uh, for me to read. <laughs> It's okay when I take notes, but when I say it out loud, it's like, what the fuck? What the frick? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, explode into an orgasm of immense spiritual power. <laughs> While at the same time, violently prophesying in some foreign tongue. Sir, that was not the Holy Spirit. You were possessed. People need to understand that the devil has tongues too. Um, he comes out with chains wrapped around him saying this is what marriage will do to you. But Jesus has set us free and he throws off the chains and that just radicalizes the whole group all over again. 
He drops his wife Jane and marries his 19-year-old secretary and from there got himself many other wives. This is when the law of love came to be and the Mo letters became his own version of the Bible. Um, for everyone who might be asking what's the law of love, I know I um, explain it later on, but basically the law of love, since I'm talking about it now, was something that David believed in to where if it's not harming anybody and um, you're having fun, then it's okay with God to sleep with many people, to sleep with children, to sleep with other women that aren't your wives. And the Mo letters were just there to, it was basically uh, religious pamphlets and booklets that had um, descriptive pictures of naked women and all of this other stuff um, to kind of back up what he was saying. So, um, then there was the thing called flirty fishing, which was basically a form of prostitution. Um, the women who were in the group were in the Children of God church, or however you want to say it. Um, it was called flirty fishing, so it was basically prostitution and witnessing at the same time. So, women were sent out to bring donors and bring men, rich men, uh, into the circle of, you know, the children of God in order for, um, them to get funded and that way it'll just be a, you know, a richer organization. But, um, what they would do is that they would send these women out, flirt with these men, and then when they are intimate, they basically start preaching the word of God to them. And somehow that sex appeal worked in order to get many donors and many people to fund the organization. So, um, once flirty fishing came into play, cops were on his trail to arrest him in some sort of, or on some sort of charge while... Uh, in hiding. I would say it was probably a trafficking or a prostitution charge because it's illegal. Um, David became partial to the video camera to communicate with his members while he was in hiding. Um, my sexy little fishes are doing the job. They tease them, flirt with them, and screw them until they rot. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's the way to bring them to the Lord. Forget all the old-fashioned gospel preaching. Uh, we're six times more effective than Billy Graham. Praise the Lord. What the heck? Don't compare yourself to Billy Graham, okay? Stop it. Just stop. Flirt okay, flirty fishing, like I said, was basically prostitution with the message of Christ. More people got angry with this and wanted his head. <laughs> uh, the search for David Berg became a witch hunt. His Mo letters started getting more and more off the rails. He teaches young mothers to masturbate their sons to sleep. One of his regrets he expresses in the Mo letters is that he never was able to sleep with his mom. 
Okay. Those who disagreed was were ostracized and yeah, shunned uh, in the group. David instructed the women who danced naked for him with the veils. Um, so basically, I think it was for his birthday, uh, David decided, hey, I'm just gonna have a really great time and have like the longest lap dance ever with all of these women. So these women would be dressed from head to toe in a veil and then they would just dance uh, for him. So each woman decided to do all of that for him. And they were all recorded and they were all sent to him to do whatever with. Um, Yeah. Anyway. And that graduated to the little girls who danced the same way. David's granddaughter Mary accuses her grandfather of sexual abuse years later and homes started to get raided. Children got separated from their families and parents were arrested. David leaves the members to fend for themselves and David Berg dies in 1994 when the case of the Children of God was before the court. The court acquitted the organization of all charges and the organization now claims that no child uh, cruelty uh, was going on. Flirty fishing isn't a thing, allegedly, and free love is still expressed within the family. Uh, members today still in, are enthralled by David Berg. The Mo letters have been burned to get rid of evidence of any uh, malicious behavior and uh, by the group's own testimony they have been reduced to a, a charismatic and zealous sex-loving ministry without cruelty of children, which I don't believe in. I don't. So here's the second, this is the stuff that I got from the episode, so um, I am going to try and not um, repeat things, but if I do, it's whatever. But basically most of this stuff is from, um, the testimony of a woman who was part of the children of God. So we already know that David Berg used scripture to excuse his behavior and the cult lost a lot of members to suicide. That's the one thing that, um, uh, anybody who decided to leave ended up committing suicide because of how cruel, um, and how brainwashed they were. Like how, um, I don't know. It, it was like, um, I do know in the episode it does say um, that there was a lot of peer pressure. So if like you were planning to leave, they would be like, oh, well, things are going to be much, much worse for you if you, you know, decide to leave. You know, you think you got it bad here? Just wait until you walk outside these uh, grounds. You're going to be attacked. You're not going to live. You're not going to live right. You're going to be doomed to hell and God will be angry with you. It's basic cult-like mentality that they've been pushing on the members. So, in be- bleh, because of that, um, they ended up committing suicide, most of them. And it's sad. But um, this woman who was a member, her name 
uh, is Amy. And Amy's dad met Berg before they started the Children of God. It started on Huntington Beach trying to create a Jesus movement. Jeremiah was a talented singer, her father, and believed in the movement of evangelism of young people. High on Jesus. <laughs> they were all high on Jesus. <laughs> um, David projected his own romanticist view of Jesus as this amazing revolutionary, and it caught people's attention. He had a group in France and even put on put out a vinyl of their worship songs. And let me just tell you something. These kids that were singing on this vinyl, they would be singing really weird stuff. They'd just be like, what's wrong with kissing? What's wrong with hugging? We just want to love or something like that. I feel like it was like, on the surface, it was like a hippie type of Christianity to where do what you want, still love God as long as you just love each other and that's fine. But when you go deeper towards the bottom of the iceberg, you see all the malicious, the malicious things that he was starting to do um, as these people got deeper and deeper into the cult. So um, let's see here. David soon had 130 communes around the world. He distributed most of his teachings through writings called the Mo Letters. We already know. Some of them read, So God sure picked a lot of sexy women to take the places of old, ugly, narrow-minded, critical, scornful, self-righteous souls. Um, or Saul's daughter, Michal. I don't even know. He has some really terrible grammatical errors in there, too. So... Thank God for a sexy religion using the scriptures to justify sexual immorality. That's basically what he was doing. Um, he told the story of David watching Bathsheba uh, take a lovely nude bath. And this is how he justifies David's um, behavior. He said uh, in her garden, which made his heart flip. Who God ordained to become the mother of Solomon, a great and wise king of Israel. And finally, Abigshag, uh, who was recruited to come and try to warm and revive David in his old age by lying with him sexually. Um, just because there was something good that came out of the sinful act does not mean that the act was not sinful. I'm just saying. Do you realize how much God has made up for our bad mistakes in the Bible? He's a good God, I can tell you that much. But he would still say what you did was wrong. He would still say, like, listen, it's a sin. I forgive you. But since I love you, I'm going to turn this into a good thing. He's done that countless times in the Bible. That does not mean that the act was still not sinful. Because it was. David should not have looked at another woman. Um, ugh, okay, He droned on about scripture and how he interpreted the Bible. He saw himself as a pastor, king, prophet, shepherd, mountain man, teacher, a papa lion. Which he depicts drawings of him 
as a lion, like, hugging kids and stuff. Don't desecrate the lion, okay, dude? He did. He described himself as an enforcer, a prophet, a grandpa. He was everything to this group. So, David also drew depictions of what he was explaining in the Mo letters to communicate his beliefs to his followers. One of the more radical additions to... Yeah, that was flirty fishing. We're not, it was basically prostitution. Yes. Um, he wants you... Oh, hang on. See, this is why I did it twice. I, I wrote notes twice. It was basically prostitution used as a very, um, as a way to enrich the children of God to recruit new members. He was taught it as God has given you this body to make men happy because he wants you to use it. He wants you to use your talents, which is sexuality. Um, he's talking about the women. The women, this is where some of my, I guess you would call feminist beliefs, but I, I'm not a feminist. I'm an egalitarian. I believe in equal rights for everybody and feminism is not it. I don't care what you say, but there's a whole lot more talent than just sexuality that women have. Same thing with men. If you have gifts, talents, and abilities, there's women who can sing, dance, they're great business women, they know how to, you know, run a business and all this stuff. I hate that he decided to say, like, the only talent that you have as a woman is your sexuality. Like, okay, what does that make a man? Just everything else? That's what I don't like. Like, women are so much more than that. Um, but, yeah, to bring in donors to the group, uh, it worked very well. Children of God have claimed to fish over 223,000 men and women. Uh, he was constantly coming out with new revelations, and one of them was called the Law of Love. So, I know we've talked about the Law of Love, but we're just gonna keep reading because, um, there's so much more in this one, too, so... We're no longer under the law of Moses. We're no longer under the law of the Ten Commandments. Yes, we are, sir. Shut up. Um, just as one law of love fulfills all ten and all the rest put together. I didn't understand a word of that. True quote. <laughs> um, he believed that through this revelation that the whole Bible boiled down to the law of love. It was to encompass everything else that Christianity taught as long as people acted in the context the context of love. He was able to justify and sanctify their sexual behavior. So basically, you can have marriage out of wedlock and you can have as many kids as you want just as long as y'all love each other. Uh, I know a lot of people don't believe in this and that's okay. I know we're talking about Christianity uh, in this, um, pedophiles thing, I can tell you one thing, there's a lot of Christians out there that are pedophiles, because, just like David Berg, there's a lot of Catholics, a lot of people in different religions who are very high up, people in the Vatican are pedophiles, okay? That is not news. <laughs> That's not news. Um, so I understand 
why a lot of people don't like Christians or don't even want to be around Christianity. I understand that wholeheartedly. But, um, the thing that I don't like is that, um, I believe in the law of Christ. So when it says that, um, marriage out of wedlock is, you know, a sin, of course, because you don't know if that person that you're having sex with is going to be the love of your life or the mother of your children. You don't know what baggage they have, um, what problems they have, uh, while you're having sex. Sex is a covenant act. Um, it's always been meant for marriage. Um, it's okay if you don't believe that, that's fine. This is just what I believe. Um, so when people have sex before marriage, all of that, um, baggage is put onto you. Basically, whoever that person has had sex with, however many people that person has had sex with and you're having sex with them, you're basically having sex with every person that that person has had had sex with. It's like a generational curse inheritance, if if you will. Um, I think we've talked about generational curses before, me and my husband, but we are going to have to talk about it at some point, like in depth, because it's very true. Um, it's something that's very enlightening to me because I, I learned about this and I'm like, well, that's why I had my problems. And it, it doesn't have to always be through sex. It can be through just family bloodline and all this stuff. But sex is a covenant act. You don't have to be blood related to inherit a generational curse from someone. You can do that through the covenant act of sex. And, um that can be very bad because there are people who are sexually perverse in a very terrible way like pedophilia and if that person is engaging in sexual intercourse with somebody who is a pedophile a rapist or anything like that it is most likely to be passed down spiritually to that person that they're having coitus with um i wouldn't say very extremely, like, I was just kind of talking example-wise, but there are so many things, uh, such as depression, OCD, um, a lot of things that you can inherit, inherit through sex, and, um, when you inherit those things through, um, that covenant act, it's, um, very hard to get rid of them, and, um, it's one of the main reasons why a lot of people have mental illness as far as I'm, I believe. But like I said, you don't have to believe it. This is just what I believe in. Anyway, um, let's see. I practice what I preach and I preach sex, boys and girls. Hallelujah. He manipulated the people. <laughs> that was an actual quote. Like I can't see a preacher just saying... I practice what I preach, and I teach sex, boys and girls. Hallelujah. Like, my pastor back in the day, he would talk about sex, but he would, like, talk about sex between, like, a married couple. Like, he would be talking about the same thing that I would be talking to you guys about. But I don't think he would, like, literally just say it. Like, I preach sex, guys. No. No. 
he manipulated the people and he drew uh, into his inner circle. So uh, he had an inner circle around him of women, basically his wives. Um, they believed that he was truly a prophet and would free them from the confines of society. So that was one of the main things that David Berg believed in, is that um, he hated the confines of the established church and the society that said, you shouldn't be doing these things with everybody. You shouldn't have orgies. You shouldn't have naked communion. And you shouldn't be having hallelujah showers. And um, you shouldn't be having sex with children. Which, I agree with that last one. Well, I do agree with... I agree with not having orgies. That's just disgusting. But you know what I mean. Um, let's see. In reality, blah, 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 blah. wow, in reality, they're just a sex cult. 2004, the Children of God changed their name to the Family International. So this was something that uh, is still going on today, if, believe it or not. Um, and it's something very recent that, that's been going on. Like In 2004, they changed their name to... The Family International, I was 14 at the time. Like, this stuff was going on by the time, like, I turned 14. Like, what? That's gross. Um, let's see. Today they have members in over 80 countries, or at least they claim. David was very open about his teachings about sex and, or sex is love and should be spread to everyone. Amy expressed... Um, that when she was a child, she was unknowingly, uh, followed, or she unknowingly followed his teachings because it was natural to obey an adult since they must know best. And this is the thing. I feel like children, to an extent, should question adults because there is a, um, conscious reaction to something that is wrong within kids. So, um, if they're being touched inappropriately, or if they're being taught something, they're naturally going to ask questions. Because I feel like that's how God designed them. They will always ask questions. I mean, you know how, like, kids always ask why? Like, why? 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 Um, it's just instilled in them at birth to ask questions. And that's okay to ask questions. Because it keeps them from danger. I want to say that's like a um, a defense mechanism almost. Because if a child doesn't know that something isn't safe, then the child will automatically think that it is safe because there's an adult who is evil as frick that is telling them that it's okay. And... Um... That's one thing that uh, I believe is going on with a lot of kids. Like, kids are easily manipulated just as easily as, like, kids can ask questions. They can easily be manipulated into not um, asking questions. And that's something that I, I want my kids to do. I want my kids to ask me questions. Uh, and I, I want that for them. Because if they don't ask questions... They'll become a victim of somebody, and I hate that. I don't want that. 
But um, children are very easily taught, so it depends on the person who is leading that child um, and how they're teaching their child. You know, it, it's difficult. Um, I've said this before. Um, when a child is put in a certain environment and they've been in that environment for enough time, for a very long time, and they're brought out of that environment and realize that that old environment was manipulative. <laughs> Why can't I talk? Uh, was manipulative and evil and wrong and abusive. It kind of, for one, it really hurts the child. It traumatizes the child because um, it basically, that child accepted that child abuse was okay. Rape was okay. Pedophilia was okay. This was just how my parents expressed love. Um, but when they understand, they, they grow older and they understand that this is wrong because sometimes they aren't, they aren't like brought out of that environment. They just know now they're more mature now, like, Hey, I don't want this happening. And I hate people who do this. I'm sorry. Um, I don't want to say I hate people. I, I hate the act. I told myself I wasn't going to get emotional or angry today. Because uh, I knew I knew at some point it was going to happen. I just don't. I don't like it when people victimize children in any way. It doesn't even have to be about pedophilia. It can be about verbal abuse, physical abuse, using your kids as leverage. I hate it. Quit victimizing your child. Quit victimizing children. They are people too. I know I've gotten off topic and I'm really sorry. Um, mm -mm. They believe that he was truly a prophet. Okay. Yes. So basically in that culture, in that cult, um, there wasn't a lot of questioning David Berg. And you'll find out why later on. Many questionings. Oh, okay. Many questions would be uh, ostracized and punished. Um, or they would be ostracized and punished. Okay, sorry. Um, a lot of peer pressure um, was kind of around everybody to obey him. Um, both of Amy's parents were teenagers when they had her and was one of the first children born into the cult. Uh, she was living in France when her and her parents held a concert that was broadcasted in several countries. She was called back by Berg to record songs on a daily basis without her parents' supervision. So this is something that I want you guys to pay in mind. That they, the children... As they go deeper into this cult, if you stand out to David Berg, 
he will pluck you away from your family and place you back into the cult. So that way, he can victimize that kid more. Hang on. My phone's being a jerk. We need a break. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. We were talking about how the strategy was when Burke or Berg um, decided to, like, separate the children from their parents. They were completely disconnected from their parents um, at a very young age. I think she was around 13 when this happened. Um, And so she couldn't talk to her parents. Her parents were okay with it because they trusted Berg. And um, throughout that time, she was singing and performing all the time on a daily basis for the cult. This was when she was introduced to the sexuality of the cult. The law of love crossed all barriers between children and adults. There was absolutely no protection put in place for them. Countless sexual advances were endured by the children as young as eight years old. I watched my mommy and daddy do it. It's lots of fun. So this is something that um, was in one of his Mo letters. And it, it, it was just something like um, a girl whispering into a boy's ear. So it, I watched my mommy and daddy do it. It's lots of fun. Well, it's worth a try. My folks are gone. So they're teaching even boys and girls to have sex with each other at a young age. <sighs> that is what we call grooming. Ow. I'm sorry, my nose is just... Oh my god. When she was still in the music unit, Berg put out a new pamphlet called the... What is it? Glorify God in the Dance. Oh, okay, this is when all the dances of the veils were happening. So, um... We talked about the women, like the older women doing it. We're gonna talk about the children doing it real quick. Um... We suggest that you come on stage wrapped from head to toe in your lovely veil and then just gradually begin to unfold its drapes to reveal your lovely beauty. God. So, every woman recorded their video and then someone suggested to bring the children into it. The camera would be set up and they all were told to play with the veils. They didn't... So the kids, since they were brought up in this sexuality, they didn't understand that this was something wrong. Um, They didn't understand the sexual aspect of it, which I believe that's that's a grooming tactic in order for someone to, someone that young to be coaxed into doing something sexual. They don't understand the, um, the meaning behind it, and that is very negligent and very disgusting. Um, Since they were innocent children, yeah. 
they were being groomed so their master could get his free child porn. That, yep, that's basically what it was. They never taught the kids to say no, so on a regular, or when a regular adult advanced on the child, they would have the will to get away, but if they, or if they wanted, but when a leader did it, they were scared stiff. The whole reason why Amy and the other kids were separated from their parents was to snap the solical tie between parent and child. The higher you went, the more disconnected you were to your family. Society, or yeah, family and society. Um, And Amy recounts her isolation at the Berg's home. Age 13, she was called upon Berg to join his household in the Philippines. Uh, She felt special and chosen because that's how they made her feel in the cult. She expected someone much different than who she met. Uh, so, but she truly thought she was, he was really old and fat. <laughs> um, she truly thought he was old and fat. Okay, hang on. She was just, he, this was just a human being. Uh, the people around him treated him like a god. His wife, Karen Zerby, was walking behind him recording everything he said. Um, he was enabled by the team he was surrounded by. Every girl slash woman in the house would be called up to his room to spend time with him on a rotating basis. Um, so it would be like, oh, I want so-and-so right now, so let's spend some time together. Oh, it's Karen's turn. Oh, it's Amy's turn. Like, nasty. Um... Amy was called up to his room and he told her told her that she would be one of his wives. She's 13. What the frick? And they were to be married. Um, He didn't give her an opinion or an option, I'm sorry, uh, or asked her opinion. Yeah. Um, His word was law, basically. He puts a ring on her finger and from there... She belonged to him. After that, they had sex. And yeah, she was 13. Six months after the marriage, Amy was sent to another family to live with. She wasn't the most receptive child, and that's why she was sent away. And she was sad that she left Mary, who was, um... Uh... This is really sad. Mary was his granddaughter, who was also one of his wives. So not just pedophilia, but incest too. Amy was sent to another family. I lost my place. She grew up with her in the cult, Mary. Um, She was also one of his wives, like I said. Um... They were in the same music unit and lived in the same house. Mary rejected Berg and then was severely punished. They don't go into a lot of what was going on when it came to the corporal punishment um, that Mary went through. But we do know a little bit. So um, 
She went crazy from the abuse, having a mental breakdown, and the people around her believed that she was demonically possessed. Um, no. She just basically broke down because what you built inside of her snapped. That's what happens when someone has a mental breakdown. Whatever they've been conditioned to believe ends up snapping because... It just, it, it upsets me. It does, because it's like, no matter what, people are going to be equal. It, it sucks. It really does. But basically, the reason why she rejected him was because it, that was his, that was his granddad. That was her granddad. You don't want to have sex with your granddad. I understand that. I, no, God, that's disgusting. Anyway, she rejected him, and of course, you know, she went through a lot of abuse. She went through a lot of beatings, a lot of exorcisms, and she was also tied to the bed, which we don't under we don't really know what happened uh, when she was tied to the bed, but um. Whatever you think happened probably did. And that's why she had a mental breakdown. When you are uh, subjected to that much trauma, your mind will snap. Your mind will just break. And she was, like, what, 13? They were, they were actually the same age, Amy and Mary. But Amy felt powerless to help her, and there was no limit to what they could do with their abuse. And she died in 2017. But not by uh, suicide, which kind of made her a hero to the people who wanted to leave the cult. But Mary got involved in a court case, giving her testimony. They yelled at her in tongues, shaking her hand and shaking it violently. Um, she became addicted to many things and homeless and almost dying many times, but came back from that. She was suffering from PTSD. Suicide with members was expected. It was made there. It, it always made sense because of what they all went through. Mary didn't commit suicide over, um, a hundred have committed suicide and were also addicted to drugs. Um, Amy got news that her father committed suicide and he was shunned because he was shunned for disagreeing with le the leadership. So even her father kind of, um, went against what was going on because, you know, he was a teenager when he, uh, entered the whole thing. So as he grew up, he started seeing the wrong values that they had. And so he started disagreeing with them. But, um... He was shunned, and being shunned by an environment that you used to call home, it's heartbreaking, no matter how, you know, hard it is. Sometimes, you know, when you're conditioned for that long and manipulated for that long, you still call the people around you home. It's a very, very twisted way of seeing somebody 
as wrong, but you still love them sort of thing. It, it happens. And it's, it's not wrong to think that way because you've been in that environment for so long. And when you see uh, what's been going on and how wrong it is, it's not wrong to feel those two conflicting feelings because you still love the people around you and still care about them, but you know that what they're doing is wrong. It, it's completely normal, but the volume to how shunned he was made him commit suicide. Former friends of her father, Annika and Ron, um, were at her father's funeral and offered help to uh, to help her out of the cult. From the uh, from there, the couple have helped bring out over fifty members of the cult uh, to leave and adjust to real life, including Mary and Amy. Mary became a hero to encourage former Children of God members. They were um, registered as enemies of the cult. One main reason was that they were former members, uh, Annika and Ron. Uh, and a guy came up to Ron. There's a 12-year-old girl that's being haughty and lifted up. We need you to have sex with her. To humble her. And I love this guy's reaction. And yes, he does say a curse word. And I'm, I'm gonna try to not say it. Um, but... I just love the way he reacts to this because, oh my God, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall to witness this just to be like, dude, this is wrong. Stop. But anyway, he says, you want me to have sex with that child? You can go F yourself. If I hear anyone having sex with her, you're going to answer to me. So he was probably one of the uh, few people that stood up to the wrongdoings of this cult. The encounter made him leave the cult. Uh, the belief uh, for not leaving right away was the fact that they were brainwashed into thinking you were turning your back on God and you were going to receive punishment seven times worse outside. So they didn't leave right away. And like I said, that's probably one of the reasons why is because they were not only brainwashed, but they still had people that they held dear, like Amy and Mary, that they didn't want to leave behind. Um, so yeah. Annika and Ron, uh, more or less, were recovery coaches for the ex-members. I had to put that in, because they are. They were. They were. Because, um, I don't know if I put this in here, but, um, at some point, uh, Mary called, um, Annika and was brought to her home and she started talking to her about what she was going through and how you know unloved she felt and all this other stuff and um i think they talked till like four in the morning her and annika and mary said the reason why i wanted to come here is because i wanted to commit suicide I wanted to kill myself here because I felt like if I was here and I died that it would I would feel more comfortable I would feel more at peace but then she says this this is the reason why I love my job this is the main reason why I love my job okay and I'm sorry this just makes me happy 
Okay. Out of everything in this story, this piece makes me happy. She said, but after I got done talking to you, I feel like I have hope. She didn't commit suicide because of that one conversation she had with Annika. She was shown that one person or at least two people loved her enough to tell her that she is special, that she can get out of this, and that she's much more capable of doing much more things than the cult would ever teach her to do. And that's why I love my job. Because one simple conversation can turn somebody's life around. And it did with Mary. Oh my God. It was not uh, the same victory story for David's stepson, Ricky. And I don't really go too much into the whole Ricky story just because it has to do with murder. And that's something that I don't talk about on my um, podcast just because I think that's just a line that I don't cross. I don't want to talk about murder mystery. I don't want to talk about that stuff. But um, David's stepson, Ricky, made videos of his abuse, talking about what he went through and all of that. And then killed one of his nannies and killed himself. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, in 1988, negative... Uh, PR and legal exposure, um, David Berg publicly uh, denounced all policies and practices involving sex with children. Since then, it has continued undercover. So, while the law has been trying to chase Berg, he decided to burn all the books and just say, listen, we're not going to have sex with children anymore. But it was still going on within his inner circle. Excuse me. Today, the organization maintains the lie that they are not abusing children, which, like I said, I don't believe. Because not only were you having sex with children, but you were also trafficking them to have sex with them. Amy was trafficked. She was pulled away from France in order to have sex with David Berg or to be victimized by David Berg I should say that's called human trafficking um let's see here (sighs) today it went on as sexual abuse but no one in the group believed it wasn't yeah basically when you're in an environment for so long and it's been normalized you just You know, if you've been brought up in that environment, you do accept it as normal. But a lot of kids were really emotionally scarred after this. I think about 144 children were um, taken away and separated from their parents because of um, the abuse that their parents um, subjected to their children during the raids because they did get raided. Um, The property did get raided. FBI was contacted about the abuse and all of this stuff, but since the group was so spread out abroad, like in France and the Philippines, it was difficult um, to properly um, handle the disputes because 
Um, David was smart enough to kind of spread his organization out into the world. So he could freely do whatever he wanted with these children um, for as long as he wanted to before the FBI decided to, you know, take them and all that stuff. But um, the property had raids. Like I said, is still going on today. David Berg is dead, and now his wife is leading the organization since 1968. The Children of God has adopted many names. And that's the end of that. The only reason why I wanted to talk about it is because um, I ended up just watching that episode. I will talk about Bob Saget because there is some crazy stuff going on with that guy. Um, but I will do research very soon for him because, um, just like Dan Schneider, uh, you know, Bob Saget was part of my childhood. I used to watch Full House all the time when I was a kid. So I wouldn't say it's going to break my heart because I wasn't really attached to the character Danny or even Bob Saget. I kind of known for a long time before he died that, um. He was some sort of a pedophile. So, uh, I will be talking about that. But, um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. I know probably a lot of it was hard to listen to. But like I said, I care about your kids and I want everyone around who has children to be um, informed of people like this. Because if you don't, then it just ends up disappearing. And people need to know. People and children especially need to know that not all humans or not all, you know, adults are going to be good people. And um, kids need to really trust their gut because kids are a lot more, um, I would say, um, they see a lot more than adults do because of how innocent they are. I feel like um, even though they're innocent, they're still able to see something wrong and say that it is wrong. Um, So when I say that I want to protect your kids is my way of protecting you and your kids, I mean it from the bottom of my heart because I don't want to see any child subjected to this. I don't want to see any... um, parent subjecting their child to this and I just have such a a burning passion to protect children you know even if they're not mine I just I care about your kids um so yeah but um parents always listen to your kids even if it sounds outlandish listen to your kids and kids listen to your parents Especially if they're, you know, upright and they have a lot of rules for you. If they're strict, they're doing it because they love you. But, I mean, if they're subjecting you to something like this, like we've talked about, contact the police, please. Um, but anyway, thank you again for listening. I appreciate everyone who has been listening. Thank you to South Korea who has been listening. And um, I will see you in the trenches next time. Thank you.